With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Rams Up, your L.A. Rams podcast. We cover just about any SoCal sports team, but our primary focus here is your Los Angeles Rams. You can also check out our YouTube channel for weekly video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, and let me just say, thank God we won the Super Bowl last year, or this season would be even more painful. Rams lose to the Bucks 16-13 in a painful fashion. I've been a Ram fan for a long time, and every few years you have a loss like this that's just going to hurt for a few days, if not all week, and this was definitely one of them. Rams defense controlled this game. For 59 minutes. A game you feel like they should have won. On the other hand, it's like, you know, the way we played on offense, maybe we didn't deserve to win. Been saying that a lot this year. Our defense gives up a late drive and lets the game slip away. But at the same time, I feel really bad for them because they are playing lights out week in and week out for the most part. But this offense is getting nothing done or very little done to support the effort. Before we move on, I wanted to get a few things out of the way. Very quickly mention, hey, the Astros won the World Series. I know nobody here cares, but I have to mention it. And this being a Los Angeles Rams podcast, I want to give a shout out to LAFC winners of the MSL Cup. And what a game that was. I turned it on in the second half on Saturday to escape another boring day of college football in man. It was the best soccer game I've ever seen. Very glad I got a chance to watch that. Not an LAFC fan necessarily, but that was fun to watch. And it's always nice to see an LA team bring home a title, as long as it's not the Chargers. Back to this Rams game. My prediction, Rams 20, Bucks 17. Was it too far off? The Rams continued to play that same defensive style they've been playing all year bend but don't break, and it held up for 59 minutes and 50 seconds. But in the end, another lackluster offensive performance really did us in, specifically in the fourth quarter, where the Rams were shut out once again. And Tom, Brady, and the Bucks pull off the 16-13 win. Rams fell behind early 3-0. Big play Stafford to cut puts them up 7-3. Bucks get a field goal right before the half to make it 7-6. Rams get a field goal to go up 10 to 6 and then 13 to 6. Bucks add a field goal to make it 13 to 9 and the Rams have two possessions, two opportunities to take some time off the clock and they can't three and out both times and the Bucks get the ball back with 44 seconds left and you guessed it, 
a breakdown in the Rams secondary, a couple little sideline completions, and then a pass interference in the end zone, and the Rams come away losers. Now I'm going to put this loss primarily on two things. One would be the passive approach by Sean McVay on those last two possessions. And two, just confusion in the secondary on that last drive. I don't even know if it was confusion or just lack of focus or the wrong scheme. I'm not even sure. I'm sure we'll find out more about it in the coming days. But that was a bad look. Can't give up a 28-yard completion on first down there. Can't give up sideline completions after that. And then a pass interference in the end zone to wrap things up for our Los Angeles Rams. Pretty gut-wrenching, pretty painful. Back to the drawing board for the Rams offense. They got to find a way to get a couple wins here. And they better do it fast. Let's go through what I identified as my fearsome four keys to the game in the game preview last week. Fearsome key number one was get to Brady. Can't play soft against this guy. And I don't even know how much it matters anymore. I don't know if we can really get to him on a consistent basis, get to anybody. But our approach worked, again, for 59 minutes. It did not work on that last drive for whatever reason. So I don't even know if that was an, a correct key for me to identify. Because we obviously could have beat them without getting to Brady, but we can't blow coverages on the back end. Here's some key number two, run the ball. And we had a couple of key runs that set up a field goal. That's about it. Here's some key number three, win the turnover battle. We did not. Neither team turned the ball over, unless you count the blocked field goal. And here's some key number four, points, any points, kick the field goals, get the points on the board. And I thought I was going to be right for a while there until that last drive. You know, you can just take these fearsome four keys to the game, uh, put it on a piece of paper and burn it. The way this team is playing, there's no keys to the game anymore. It's about moving the ball any way you can find a way to move the ball and protect Stafford and pick up some chunk plays. That's all we need to do. Defense is fine. They blew it on the last drive, yes, but they only gave up 16 points. They shut down the Bucks for most of the day. They need some help from the offense. Real quickly, some team stats. Rams finished with just nine first downs. Another anemic day at the office for the entire offense. Take away Cooper Cup's two catches. Consider that how bad this day would have looked. The defense brought it, giving up just the one touchdown, held the Bucks to 51 yards rushing. And how about this stat? This is going to make you nauseous. Eight of 12 Rams possessions, not counting the kneel downs, resulted in a three and out on Sunday. Through eight games, 38.9% of possessions after the defense forces a three and out or a turnover on downs has been followed by a Rams three and out. And that's why I have a feeling half the Rams locker room is really pissed off at the other half. And what does it all mean? Well, in the morning, a lot of games went our way. The Packers, a team that the Rams could be fighting for a wild card spot down the road, they lost. The Commanders also lost, falling to four and five. And the Bears and Falcons both lost. Now, in the afternoon, the two games that we needed to go our way did not. Well, we needed to win, obviously. 
and it would have been nice to see the Cardinals knock off the Seahawks, but that didn't happen. So within their division, the Rams find themselves in an even deeper hole. Seahawks approving to six and three, the Rams falling to three and five, the idle 49ers four and four, the Cardinals fall to three and six, so they're not happy either. Rams aren't out of this, but geez, they need to pick up a couple wins real fast, and that's not going to happen until they get this offense figured out, and it's just more of the same every week. Just unpleasant offensive football to watch, unless it's Cooper Cup streaking down the field. Not much else is working. I'm trying to be optimistic here. I think the Rams could still make a run at a playoff spot, but until I see it on the field, until I see some production on the field, on the offensive side of the ball on a consistent basis and putting the ball in the end zone on a regular basis, scoring points in the fourth quarter. How about that? Not feeling too good about this team's prospects. And that's why I'm just telling you, so happy they won the Super Bowl last year. Just imagine how we would all feel if that had not happened last year, if the Rams had perhaps lost the 49ers in the NFC Championship game or lost to the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and then they found themselves in the middle of a season like this. Now, most of you, well, all of you, have only followed a Rams Up podcast in a Super Bowl-winning season. This year may be the exception, but I am not going to back off. I'm going to still continue presenting on the YouTube channel the Rams' path to the playoffs I'll do that down to the very end until they are absolutely eliminated. So look for that later this week. We'll be back in a moment with our game capture and then some more notes on the game followed by our loop around the league. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands... Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And you're looking for a same-game parlay for Week 9? How about this? Take a look at the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Arizona Cardinals. The last two times these teams have played in Arizona, 68 and 71 combined points. And Tyler Lockett, a total of five TDs. So focus on that game. Take the over on the point total. Take any prop you can find involving Tyler Lockett and take the over. And also take James Conner on the rushing yardage over as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So 
let's capture this Rams-Bucks game for you. First half, Rams go three and out on their opening possession. Bucks set up at their own 44 after a 17-yard punt return. They peck away at the Rams' pass defense and get to the Rams' two-yard line before settling for a field goal. They had two third-down conversions, Brady to Evans on that drive. Brady finishes five for six for 51 yards. Rams really getting no pressure at all. Rams second possession, they miss out on a splash play when Van Jefferson drops a pass that would have been a big gain. Rams manage one first down, but a sack sets up a third and 19, which might as well be third and a mile the way this offense is going, and they punt it back to the Bucks. Bucks offense can't overcome a holding call. Floyd and Donald get pressure on third down. Bucks punt it back to the Rams. Powell mishandles a punt but recovers it. Probably should have just let it go. The punt was boomed over his head. He retreated about 20 yards to try to catch it. It squirted away from him. Fortunately, he was able to grab it. The Rams averaging less than two yards per play at this point, but they convert two third downs. And then on second and 11, Stafford bobbles a snap and then hits a streaking cup for a 69-yard pass play. Brings back fond memories of the explosive Los Angeles Rams of years gone by, doesn't it? It was kind of interesting on the previous play, on first and 10, Cup lost a yard trying to get around the right corner, and Bucks linebacker Devin White got in his face, talking a little bit of crap, and on the very next play, Cup burns through the entire Bucks defense for the touchdown. Tampa Bay's following possession, three and out. And the Rams, they go three and out too. And the Bucks, they go three and out. You're detecting a pattern here. Terrell Lewis almost grabbed a screen pass for an interception. Would have been a really difficult catch, but the ball did glance off his hands. And the Rams get the ball back at their own 11, still fighting the field position battle and losing. Two Daryl Henderson runs and an incompletion, and they go three and out. The Bucks get the ball at their own 34, convert two third downs, but Brady misfires on another third down, and the Rams block the 52-yard field goal attempt. Now, Bobby Wagner made a great play on this, jumping over the center and then jumping up and blocking the kick, but go back and watch Michael Hoyt on that play. He flattens the center from the side, allowing Wagner to make that jump. So the Bucks come away empty, Rams still leading 7-3. And more importantly, you would hope anyways, out of that blocked field goal, the Rams have finally flipped the field. They get the ball at their own 40, but they go three and out. Great punt by Riley Dixon. Pins Tampa Bay back at the 10. Michael Hoyt showing up on film once more, making a great tackle on that punt. And with time running out in the first half, big pass interference penalty on Darion Kendrick. 32-yard penalty. Gets the buck set up in Rams territory. And with 28 seconds left, they kick the 38-yard field goal, and we go to halftime. Rams 7, Bucks 6. Second half, the Bucks' opening possession is really ugly. They go three and out. The Rams get the ball at their own 25 after a great punt. Looked like a great return by Brandon Powell, but memories of Tavon Austin, it comes back on a holding call. Allen Robinson and Malcolm Brown both pick up first downs on third down receptions. Henderson runs for 10 and 23 yards. That's the longest run of the Rams season. 
They get down to the 11-yard line, but the Bucks defense stiffens, and the Rams kick the field goal to go up 10-6. to Bucks another three and out. Two penalties set up a fourth and 20, but a giant punt, 74 yards. Rams are stuck back at their 11. After a sack, they're set up with a third and 17, and they have to punt from their own 10. So another three and out for the Rams. Tampa Bay has the ball at their own 47. Troy Hill almost picks off a pass. The Bucks fourth and two in Rams territory, but Aaron Donald comes up with the sack. So instead of a three and out, it's even better. It's a four and out, and the Rams are set up at the Bucks' 47-yard line. Big pass to Cooper Cup for 34 yards down to the 10, but Stafford is sacked on second down, and the Rams settle for another field goal. They're up 13 to six. We're getting into the fourth quarter here. The Bucks pick up one first down and punt. This is that punt that bounces so close to the end line, but they call it a touchback. Doesn't really matter. The Rams are three and out, and the Bucks get the ball back after 38. Bucks pick up a couple of first downs, but eventually settle for a 50-yard field goal, and it's 13 to nine. There's 8:07 left, and the Rams have the ball, but they go backwards on two runs, and then Stafford is sacked, trying to scramble out of the pocket. Riley Dixon comes through with a 55-yard punt, though. Tampa Bay set up at their own 40 with 5.43 left. They pick up a couple of first downs. They eventually get to first and goal at the Rams' eight. Scotty Miller drops a pass in the end zone on second down. Ramsey breaks up a pass on third down. And the Rams end up holding, knocking down a pass in the end zone. They take over at their own eight-yard line. Still can't get anything done. Play it very safe, and this would be their undoing. Pick up a first down, and the game's over. They can't do it, and they have to punt with 44 seconds left. Tampa Bay at their own 40, and the Rams' defense can't get it done. Ramsey gives up a big pass up the middle. Darion Kendrick pass interference in the end zone, and Tampa Bay scores. With nine seconds left, and the Rams lose 16 to 13. Some final notes on this depressing 16 to 13 loss to Tampa Bay. I'll go through my fearsome four big plays of the game, and there's really one that stood out. I'm going to get through some honorable mentions here that blocked field goal. Kept three points off the board. Bobby Wagner coming through. But the Rams did nothing with the field position. Went three and out. Punted it right back to the Bucks, who then drove down for a field goal. That early drop by Van Jefferson. Not sure what would have came from that had he been able to catch it. And how about that drop by Scotty Miller in the end zone? But in retrospect, maybe it would have been better if he had caught it. Forcing the Rams to try to get something done on offense. Anderson's 23-yard run that set up a field goal. That was a big play. And that Bucks punter, man, he was our nemesis for most of the game. In particular, that 74-yard punt that flipped the field for the Bucks, And that touchback that wasn't a touchback. That really saved the Rams there. And that second pass interference on Kendrick in the end zone. That was a big play indeed, but I'm going to tell you what my fearsome four big plays are. Early in the second quarter, Stafford to Cup for the Rams' only TD. 
a 69-yard catch and run, Cooper Cup at his best. Fearsome big play number two, late in the second quarter, pass interference on Darion Kendrick. That set up the Bucks' second field goal just before the half, cutting the Rams' lead to 7-6. Fearsome big play number three, late in the third quarter, Aaron Donald sacks Brady on fourth and two, sets up the Rams' last drive where they improved their lead to 13-6 with another field goal. But my fearsome big play number four is really the biggest play of the game, stands out among all the rest. With 44 seconds left, Brady and the Bucks at their own 42, and Brady hits their tight end for a 28-yard gain to the Rams' 32. I don't know what our secondary was doing on that play. I don't know what the call was by our defensive coordinator, but there were a couple of guys that didn't seem to get what was going on and what needed to happen on that play. Jalen Ramsey seemed to be a spectator. Taylor Rapp may have been out of position as well. I'd like to hear more about what happened on this play, but it was devastating. And as soon as they hit that play, it changed everything, and I knew we were in deep trouble. Some additional notes on this game. Chandler Brewer started at right guard leaving Bobby Evans at left guard. I thought that was kind of strange. I thought Evans would have been the guy pulled, leave Ode Abushi in there at right guard, but Ram saw it differently. Bobby Evans had a bad game. We'll talk about that in a minute. A.J. Jackson, the left tackle, came out briefly, but he came back in. Henderson ended up with some decent stats, really. 12 rushes for 56 yards. Akers, five carries for three yards. Let's see if he's still unhappy with how he's being used. Tyler Higby had just one target on that screen pass. No completions to our tight ends. Hopkins also had a target pass came up short. Player props. Well, you know, there are some guys that played well. Sometimes we don't even bother mentioning Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. They deserve game balls every week. It's just the truth. No different today. Cup, eight catches for 127 yards in the TD. As I mentioned on Twitter, this might happen, and it did. Cup passes Elroy, crazy legs Hirsch. He's now number four as far as Rams' career receiving yardage behind three of the best ever, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, and Henry Ellard. Donald had the one sack, and I think he had two tackles for losses. Bobby Wagner had a big game, eight tackles, five assists, and the blocked field goal. And how about Michael Hoyt? He had two big special teams plays, one on the blocked punt, mentioned that in our game capture, and then he had a great tackle on punt coverage that had he not made that tackle, Bucks might have had a really nice return there. So Michael Hoyt gets my prop today as well. Bad games, well, one is obvious, Bobby Evans. There were times where it looked like the game had left him behind. He's standing there looking left and right for someone to block, and Stafford's already running for his life. Not a good day for Bobby Evans. I can't believe the Rams are going to continue to roll with him. It's not working. And Darion Kendrick, he had two bad plays. Now, overall, he might have been okay in coverage. I have to see what his pro football focus grades are, but there are a couple times where he really hurt us. Can't deny that. Coach's corner. Now, I have been calling for play action on first down for a while here, and they did it early on a couple times, and it worked. They seemed to get away with that, and they got into this 
conservative, let's not make any crazy mistakes mentality. Their last two possessions, three and outs, all they needed was one first down, and they win this game, and they played it very close to the vest. A nice little eight-yard pass to a tight end or Cooper Cup to seal this game, and we weren't even going to try it. So I was very disappointed in that. McVay used to be much more aggressive. And, you know, the coach before him, Jeff Fisher, I can tell you what he would have done. He would have went for it. He would have said, we need a first down here. We're not going to give the ball back to Tom Brady. Let's go get a first down. I'm sure Sean McVay is rethinking that. As far as the announcers go, no complaints. Tony Romo's fine. I think he's very fair, balanced, and adds a lot of interesting information that sometimes us as listeners aren't privy to. And the refs, I thought they were fine. They missed the one in favor of the Rams that was not a touchback, should not have been a touchback, but but I guess they can review that. I'm surprised the Bucks didn't challenge it, but they didn't. And the Rams got away with one there. We'll be back in a second with our loop around the league. our week nine loop around the league. The NFL is making up for some lackluster college football. Aside from that LSU Alabama game, two straight weeks of less than entertaining football on Saturdays. But first that Eagles Texans game on Thursday night, Eagles 29, Texas 17. Tied at halftime, but the Eagles got rolling in the second half. The first 8-0 start in Eagles history. Bengals 42, Panthers 21. This is not one of the games I'm referring to as far as entertainment value. Although if you had Joe Mixon on your fantasy football team, you were pretty thrilled. Mixon, four rushing TDs, one receiving TD. Bengals staying in the playoff hunt with a 5-4 and four record. Panthers maybe still hung over from that devastating loss the week before the overtime debacle against the Falcons. Patriots 26, Colts 3. There is only one offensive touchdown in this game. Colts are just about done, I think. This one was fun. The Chargers 20, the Falcons 17. Crazy game. In the closing minutes, Austin Eckler tackled at the Falcons 19, setting up a would-be game-winning field goal, right? But he fumbles. The Falcons scoop it up. The defensive tackle runs it all the way back outside the 40, He fumbles, and the Chargers recover, and they turn right around and get back to the exact same spot they were before. The Falcons 19, and our old friend Cameron Dicker kicks the game-winning field goal for the Chargers. They win 20-17, and this is the type of game the Chargers used to always lose. Jags 27, Raiders 20. Raiders had a 17-0 lead, and it slipped away from them. This team is just a headache if you're a fan of theirs. Travis Etienne, 109 yards rushing and two TDs for the Jags. Another crazy game, the Lions 15, the Packers 9. I don't know about this Dan Campbell guy sometimes. Lions defense is really playing well, finally. They're up 15 to 9. They have it 4th and 3 at the Green Bay 43. And they go for it. This is with less than two minutes left. They don't get it. And you're giving Aaron Rodgers one last shot from his own 43-yard line. But the 
defense holds up. And there was a crazy play in that game as well. A deep pass by Rodgers. The ball is caught, and then he fumbles, and two Lions are scrambling, trying to recover it before it goes out of bounds, and they can't. That set up the Packers in the red zone with four final shots at the end zone, and the Lions D held. The Dolphins hold off the Bears 35-32, to but how about Justin Fields? He ran for 178 yards, the most by any NFL quarterback in a regular season game. Wasn't enough. Tyreek Hill, by the way, had another 143 yards receiving. Man, after that opening day thumping of the Rams, everybody thought the Bills were cruising to the Super Bowl. Well, they dropped another one to fall to 6-2. and two. This one to the Jets, 20-17. to 17. Jets rallied from a 14-3 deficit to get the win. The Vikings also rallied for a win. They were down 17-7 in the fourth quarter to the Commanders. A couple of field goals and a touchdown pass. Cousins to Dalvin Cook did the trick, and the Vikings improved to 7-1, locking down that NFC North. Now, we were hoping the Seahawks would come back down to earth, but they did not. Very impressive win over the Cardinals in Arizona, 31-21. Their fourth straight win, Geno Smith and the rookie running back Kenneth Walker III both getting it done. Walker finishing with 109 yards rushing and two TDs. That's going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. You'll find links to all of our episodes as well as transcriptions. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Until next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.